Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Welcome back, my Friends of a Feather podcast listeners. I am excited for our conversation to continue talking about rest. And I have invited my new friend, Vina Mogg, to come share about rest and restoration today. So let me tell you a little bit about Vina. Vina is rebuilding life with wood, paper, and canvas in a century-old cottage by the Puget Sound. She shares numerous stories about empty nesting, motherhood, Alzheimer's, and caregiving, and how it all relates to restoring a 1926 abode. All of these stories can be found on her website, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, vinabermunezmog.com. Vina loves her husband and her four children. She loves to paint and paddle boarding and her cat named Bear. Her heart includes a ministry started by her family members called the Kamai Project, which reaches out to the Ati people in the Philippines. So welcome, Vina, to the podcast. Thank you, Ren, for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. This is so fun because Vina and I met online a couple of months ago in an Instagram mastermind group. So we connected and I love what she's doing over on Instagram. And so tell us, what is the big project that you and your husband are undertaking right now? Well, we are high school sweethearts mm -hmm. and we've raised our children in Florida. And there was this longing in our heart to go back home. And home is the Puget Sound where God lives. There's Mount Rainier and water and just beautiful views despite the rain. And we found God led us to this tiny little cottage right over the water. It, in Ephesians, it says he'll do immeasurably more than you can ask and imagine. And this cottage is more than we can ask or imagine. Mm. It did need some work. Um, and in the process of restoring this little cottage, uh, it literally was built on the sand. Mm. And uh, we had to lift it up and rebuild the foundation. And in the process of rebuilding the foundation, restoring the walls, resetting the windows, resetting the doors, I realized that God was doing the same in my life after being an empty nest mom, after letting go of my children, uh, after caregiving for 10 years with my mother, watching her decline, eventually I would lose her to Alzheimer's. Um, just a starting over. And so that returning home and returning to this place was a parallel in restoration, a beautiful parallel. And not only that, the restoration came from sitting on the porch of this beautiful cottage gazing in wonder at these views and realizing because I was now alone, I wasn't alone because I was gazing at his creation. I was gazing at his wonder. I was literally in awe of him. I would look at Mount Rainier. I'd watch, we have a view of the sunrise. And throughout the day, I would be able to watch the light change, watch the mountain and its different facets and realize that is, 
That's what we will do someday. We will watch the Lord. We will gaze at him and his beauty. And it says in Psalm 27, the one desire of my heart is to dwell in his house and to gaze on his beauty. And so this gift of restoring this cottage was exactly that. After a time of brokenness and hurt and loss and emptiness, he filled it with himself in this little mm. gift of a gem of a cottage. And you've seen, Ren, I love that you've seen uh, the views. <laughs> it's wow. more than you can grasp, really. It really is. It's amazing. I had somebody reach out. I shared one of your videos that you did, and it was of Mount Rainier. And I had somebody reach out and say, where is this? <laughs> where is this? Because, you know, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, and we hadn't seen anything like that. <laughs> We're like, whoa. And so I, I love that you share that so that we can get even just, I mean, obviously a video doesn't do it justice, but just that we can get a slice of that. Um, and he does that. He gives us glimpses of his glory. Mm. And um, that's what this place has been. And that video uh, that you're referring to, it's a real... The location of our cottage is one of the, I think it's the only place in the state, one of my neighbors told me, where you can stand on a shore and you can see the top of the mountain with no obstructions. And so that video I'm referring to is precious because one morning I watch the sunrise, I go for a hike and I come back and watch the moonrise behind the mountain. But those are glimpses of his glory that he gives us. And those are glimpses he desires to use to restore our hearts. And which is what we're talking about, which is yeah. rest. He gives us his beauty. He gives us glimpses of his glory to restore us um, when we take the time to quiet ourselves, to be still before him, to do that. Hmm. Well, and that's why I wanted you to come on the podcast and share and just the correlation between, you know, the restoring that y'all are doing at your cottage and the rest that God calls us to and that he gives us that rest. So I do want to go back because you mentioned caretaking of your mom who had Alzheimer's. Was that in Florida before y'all moved? Yes, she was from the Northwest. And when she first came to live with us, when things started to change, and this is what I encourage your listeners, if you're in that stage, there's so many in the sandwich generation. When you signals happen and you see your parent, but you have, I had teenagers at the time in my house and there were signals that something wasn't what, quite right. And I'm a homemaker, thankfully. So she was able to live with us. And in that process, um, when she was diagnosed, she lived with us. And so we watched the slow progression but God used that also to restore um, my two youngest who were with me. My daughter was 10. My son is 12. They've both gone into health care. One just got accepted into medical school. One's getting her master's in public health. Their desire now is to help others through that journey. Um, mm -hmm. So even though there was pain in watching her decline, God's, again, restoring those difficult years by giving them a voice and a vehicle to help others restore because caregiving in Alzheimer's is a very difficult place to navigate and not a lot of people know where to go. Now there are more resources and I found Instagram, um, there's a lot of people now supporting each other um, and I encourage those who are caregiving. There's different stages of caregiving. There's people like me who are empty nesters, there are people who are in the middle and there are some even now with young children and so it's a very difficult place as people choose to bring people into their home. But it's more important even then for these people to get rest 
to be able to restore to care for themselves and to care for those who have dementia or who have those needs that we need to be on top of ourselves, which we don't always don't do, to be uh, a good caregiver. And so if we have somebody listening that is in the middle of that, is in the middle of caregiving, and we kind of talk about rest and we are talking about it compared to um, or correlated to your restoration project, what would you say to the woman who is in the middle of caregiving now? How can she find that glimmer of rest or that little pocket of time where she can have experience a little bit of rest? You said it perfectly. It's a pocket of time. And this verse, which is my favorite verse, it says, in returning and in rest, you will be saved. And the word return means to withdraw. The Hebrew word means to withdraw. And the word rest means a handful in quiet. Just a handful in quiet. And it's very difficult when you're a mom in the middle and you have, some of you have toddlers, especially now with homeschooling. Some of you have kids running around. You have to attend to school. And then you have your parent with a need and you think, I can't do this. But it is even more important to find that handful of quiet, whether it's early in the morning or late at night, light a candle, sit with God's word and restore. Because otherwise, um, when I was in the middle of caregiving, my counselor used to say, you are the one holding up the umbrella pole. If you fall, everything's going to fall around you. So it is important to find that rest, especially in the Lord. How are we going to do that? And Jesus himself did that. He was in the middle of healing a woman, another man, the girl, the woman tugging on her, her, his hem, which is what it feels like when you're a mom in the middle. You have, and you're caring for a parent. You feel those people tugging at your hem. And after that, Jesus got on a boat. He tried to get away. He still couldn't go away. He had to feed people. He had to feed 5,000. And the mom feels that way too. Now you're tugging my hem. Now I have to feed you. But even somehow God gave him the strength. And after he fed the 5,000, it says in Mark, he went to a solitary place and prayed alone. Even if it was just maybe, who knows? It doesn't say, but he gave us that example. It doesn't say how long it was, but it says that he did that. And then he was able to go again. And especially those of us who are in the middle, who are caregivers and mothers of young kids and you have to find that solitary place to withdraw. <laughs> Maybe it's in your bathroom. Maybe it's in the <laughs> closet. Maybe it's a corner outside on a, or you walk down the street to a bench. But even that, I love that it says in Isaiah, it's a handful in quiet. Just a handful. Mm. That's so good. I wrote that down and I also wrote down Jesus because he did that. And you explained that beautifully that he did that. And, um, and how important it is to have that handful of quiet. I think we think as moms, it has it has to be this big, huge thing, yeah. and then it'll be. But it doesn't. And that's what the Hebrew word. What did you say the Hebrew word meant for? It is a handful in quiet. If you go in quiet to um, Isaiah thirty fifteen. I use a blue letter Bible, and the word mm -hmm. Hebrew is a handful in quiet, and it only refers to that verse. A handful of quiet. Wow. Isn't that great? That's so great. I oh, love it. And I'll here's another story I found that relates to that. Susanna Wesley, who was the had ten children. She was the mother of John Wesley, who became a preacher, and Charles Wesley Hymnal. She had ten children. She also schooled them. She, 
she had a very, she educated them very well, not just like here, do you listen. She was adamant about educating. She would pull her apron over her head and her children knew not to bother her. <laughs> I love not it. Not only that, she made that time of quiet, but she, she was an example of how, how that time is important. So her children mm -hmm. saw that too. And sometimes we forget. I remember my mother, she had this orange chair and early in the morning, she was a teacher early in the morning before we got up, I would wake up and go down the hall and I would see her praying in her chair. And we forget, sometimes we think it's just for us, but it's also an example to our children that later on when they are coming across all these things and life hits them, that they will ha also have time to, uh, to take the time to have a handful of quiet. So let's all pull our aprons up over our heads. <laughs> I love that story. I've heard that you before. You still use it's, aprons? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I know. I've got like three and I'm like, well, so maybe, I don't know, can't pull a dish towel over our okay. head. Don't bother me. I'm having my handful in quiet. Yeah. I love it. That's so amazing. So good. What a visual. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how has your cottage, it is charming. And I, I love when I first saw you, your picture standing at your half door in front of your cottage. And I read what you had written because you are a writer and I was just drawn in and I was like, I need to know more about Vina. <laughs> and so how has that specifically restoring that cottage, how has that reminded you of, and we talked a little bit about this before, but how has that reminded you of your restoration in Christ and how much we need that? It's on post and pier because it's by the beach. We literally had to lift it up, inch by inch, lift it up. And then once it was lifted up and level, we had to restore the windows. And that reminded me, we had to re reframe the windows. Thankfully, we didn't have to replace them. But it, it made me think of adjusting. How do I adjust my life now in this middle stage? How do I adjust how I see people? How do I adjust seeing needs? How do I adjust my faith? It's not an easy mamby-pamby faith like when we, you know, 20 years ago, have your Bible study. There's a lot of different things that, yes, have your Bible study, but there's also real issues, especially the past year, that we have to wrestle with in our faith because our own faith changes and how we look at the word and how we look, how do we apply that? That changes. So, um, so adjusting how I see things, adjusting the doors, like you love the Dutch door. I love mm -hmm. the Dutch door because it has an open, like the bottom stage stationary. And the top goes like this. It opens and shuts. So you let in light, which is Jesus. You let in fresh air. But you also guard what comes in and out. Because also you have to, at this stage in your life, or any mom, you have to guard your heart. What What is necessary? You can't help or fix everybody. But you can you can focus on those that God leads you to. So you don't have to let everybody in. You can be of course, pleasant and kind of. <laughs> so that's an, that's one thing I uh, learned when we replaced the old door with the Dutch door. And then when we re poured the cornerstone, when we watched them actually pour the concrete on the north side of the house and pour a cornerstone that would be the, the framing, which if actually we had to do that before we reset the windows. The cornerstone had to be set first before we could do anything else. And I wrote in, a, in there, Isaiah 28, 16, which says, see, I, I lay in Zion, a precious stone, a cornerstone. It was such a visual to me how we have to write our lives first on the cornerstone. And even again, for me, 
I just turned 60. <laughs> I have to, you know, it's not like it was done a long time ago. I still have to reset my life in him in a new way, in a different way. So that I can encourage others. I can encourage moms in the middle. I can encourage a caregiver. But I have to be rested and have my foundation in him first. Wow. So many visuals in that and so many things of symbolism. I love how you said that you have to first, you have to have a cornerstone when you're rebuilding, when you're restoring um, and how Jesus is the cornerstone that you uh, mentioned with that verse. So tell me one thing, another thing you mentioned in Insta Stories was about restoration hardware. <laughs> tell me a little bit about that, because I think you just sent me a picture. You texted me a picture about this. Yes, and so I want to hear about it. Oh, gosh. Since I was young, I love collecting hearts, like different shapes, different mm. ways of hearts. And I found this tin heart in this little town where I, uh, our cottage is. It was made out of tin and it had wings on it and said glass. And I, I put it on my wall and I just look at that. And um, as you know, we've been in our Instagram class and we were looking up hashtags. <laughs> and I was looking up this hashtag. It said restoration hardware. Hmm. And it was the perfect phrase for what I'm trying to do as I write these stories. There's so many different areas. There's caregiving. There's empty nesting. There's um, being the daughter of an immigrant father. There's re-pouring the foundation of my house. There's uh, trying to paint shiplap walls. There's so many. They're so diverse. It's not like all these things are related. But that phrase, restoration hardware, pulled it together because there are places I'm restoring and reconciling in my story that are all stories of a heart that Jesus can restore. And that's what he's doing. That's what I'm learning. He has places in each of our story that he longs to restore. And that's where the rest comes when we are quiet with him, when we are still with him. He gives us glimpses of who he is. And then he gives us glimpses of our own heart. What areas in our lives is he trying to restore? And how does how is he going to make that one story, not fragments of stories, but one story that reflects how he restores us? Good stuff. And I love, you know, because everybody's thinking of restoration hardware yeah. to store, yeah. you know, and so the restoration hardware, like that's going to stay with me. That's going to stay with me for a while because of of what you what you show. And and I'm I'm going to put that picture on Instagram when your episode comes out because I love seeing a visual of that piece that's hanging in your home that reminded you of how it all ties, ties together and how our true rest, our true rest is in him. Um, okay, so let's take it to another level. Let's take it to a practical level. How can we really find those places, those times, those handful in quiet that we talked about earlier? How can we practically do this in the area of rest? You know, every morning I wake up and I light a candle. To me, that is the simplest ritual of rest because I, I try to get up early and for you moms who have a house full of kids, or in the middle of caregiving, maybe that's your moment. You light a candle, and it's a physical reminder that we need his light. And even if you only have a handful of quiet, uh, what I've started doing is writing out in hand a, one scripture, one verse. The one that I've been studying lately is uh, Ephesians 2.14. He is our peace. And as you write it out by hand, we're so used to doing everything, you know, typing it out. 
But the slow writing makes you think about the word. Like it says, he himself is our peace. So when I write himself, I mean, it doesn't mean him and some book it's just he himself Mm. you know so I encourage even if you only have a handful that practice in itself of lighting a candle and writing out a verse by hand slowly that's a way to get some rest because he says to abide and abide means sit still it doesn't mean like jump around (laughs) and Mm -hmm. that physical slowing down to actually write the verse has allowed me to be still. Then if I have more time, I can study. But lighting a candle and writing out one verse has been a kind of transformational way for me to have that handful of quiet. Wow. And that's a practice you do every day where you stay or most days. I try to. And then it, thankfully mm-hmm. now I don't have kids, so then I can study longer. But even if it's just a handful, hopefully that'll lead to studying more. But if I only have a handful, which most moms do, young moms or middle moms, that handful is enough. And maybe it's in the middle, of, it's early in the morning, maybe it's late at night. But I, I think we've become so accustomed to everything being fast. Even the slow lighting of a candle and the slow writing, it slows us down and allows us to rest and become in touch with ourselves. I think somehow our culture has been afraid to slow down and be in touch. Like it's not mm-hmm. enough. But God, Jesus himself, as we talked about, he, he withdrew for his handful and quiet. I agree with you when we talk about slowing down and even, you know, the past year um, has forced us to in some ways, but I I do agree with you that it is hard. And I think it's hard because maybe we don't want to face things. Maybe don't, we don't want to have that quiet. I agree with you. You give me goosebumps when you say that, because I believe that God is really, really leading us to be still before him to mm-hmm. gaze at him and that gives us time to gaze at ourselves who is he create the word restore means to bring back to the original condition our original condition was to be face to face with him in a garden in a place of beauty mm-hmm. and he wants that for us but we said ah there might be something better <laughs> and since then we've been running we've been running build the perfect tent build the perfect house, build whatever, which is okay. He desires for us to have places of beauty, to reside in a place of beauty. But in that pace, we forget our original condition is to be face-to-face with him and resting in him. And I believe that he is calling us and wooing us to that place of rest because he himself longs to be face-to-face with us. And, and when we have that, when we are reflecting his image and restored by him, then we, we naturally will invite others to come along with us because they will see that in us. They will see that peace. They will see that love. They'll see that joy. And they're like, what is that? I want to yeah. go along with that. And mm. in this world, that's what we need. All this craziness, I believe, is God calling us to say, hey, let's step in and be restorers. Let's be restores. But first you have to be restored to me. That'll preach, girl. That'll preach. I I think that is amazing. Amazing. And we just have to 
pay attention. We just need to stop. We need to slow down. And I love how you said it goes back to the garden. You know, he wants a relationship with us. That's what, why he created us. But we first need to do that before. And it's going to overflow. Like you said, people are going to notice that joy and that overflow and that rest and that peace in us when we decide to slow down and, and to, to be with him. They're going to notice that and want to and want and desire that. Wow. That's incredible. Vina, we're almost out of time. I can't even believe it, but I want you to tell everyone where they can find you online because you are doing amazing things. You are a beautiful writer. And I know that my listeners will definitely want to follow you and catch up with you. So can you tell us where we can find you online? Yes. Uh, my website is vinabermudasmog.com. It's my whole name. And then I'm on Instagram at Bina Bimog. But I would love anyone to be in touch with me, if, especially those of you who are caregivers or in the middle. Um, that is my heart to encourage others um, to to help them restore. I tell you, you're talking about when God sees us. It, when I was not rested, when I was at my worst, when I was spent in caregiving, I lost my joy. And my joy is starting to come back finally. But that is why we need our rest, is to reflect that joy. To um, So to draw others to, uh, to us because of Christ in us. So anyway, that is where you can find me. And I hope to meet you there. Yeah, definitely. Y'all will want to see all her pictures um, and videos. They're incredible of Mount Rainier and her cottage and um, all the things that you're doing that you're encouraging us in our walks with Jesus, um, especially in the area of rest. And as we either care give or um, care give with our kids that are still at home, or if we're in that sandwich generation, like you're talking about, um, that is that is important. Okay, I have a funny question that I'm going to ask you that I didn't put in our notes, Vina. Uh So you're going to be like, oh, great. Here she goes. (laughs) Um, Okay, there is something called the MOG test that y'all do. I saw it on Insta stories that if there is a new, uh, maybe it's, I think it was a daughter-in-law that came and got married into your family. So married your son. And y'all said, oh, here's the MOG test. And she had to jump off of the dock oh! and into the water. What are you doing to the the sweet daughter-in-laws, Vina? <laughs> well, I have three daughter-in-laws, but only one of them did it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's brave. So that was the test to see if they would go jump in. Because it's probably super cold. Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, that's okay. our family cabin, which is different. Oh, the Puget sounds like 54 degrees. This is our family our family cabin on a lake nearby, but that water is probably 68. But uh, that's funny. You found that because out of my three daughter-in-laws, only one of them has done it. (laughs) That is so funny. I just loved it. She was just like, I'll take the challenge. I'll jump. (laughs) I saw it. I, you know, I kind of stalk people on Instagram to find, find some quirky things. What are you talking about? (laughs) You're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'll find it, girl. I'll find it. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to my eat, read, love. What are you eating, reading, and loving? Well, when I listened to your other podcast, I thought I'm going to say something healthy. But if I'm going to be real, I'm eating chocolate. I'm trying to find healthy versions of chocolate, um, healthier than homemade chocolate chip cookies. But I'm being real. I, I need to have my chocolate. Uh-huh. It's good. I mean, it's the dark chocolate's good for us, yeah, right? Yeah, I had a piece last night. 
But it's not the same as the warm chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> no, it's not. You're right about that. Oh my goodness. Okay, what are you reading? Because I love hearing what who writers are reading. Oh my gosh, this beautiful book, Art and Faith by Makoto Fujimura. Oh, it is beautiful. It's it's a hard read. It's like you have to read a chapter and then go over it. But it's the same thing we touched on earlier, that from the broken places, you create art, you create beauty. And that's what Jesus himself did. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. Art and Faith. Okay. I will put that in the show notes for sure for y'all to grab it. I'll link it up so they can just grab it. Um, okay. What are you um, loving? What are you loving these days, Dina? You know, what I love since COVID, my husband and I started taking a walk every evening and um, we didn't used to do that. So we take our little two mile walk every evening and it's our time to catch up or sometimes not catch up or just be quiet. But I really enjoyed doing that with him. Like I said, we were high school sweethearts and it's a nice time to connect and get some exercise and just be together. That's great. I think we've done that more this year than we ever have. So, <laughs> you know, I love that. Okay. So Vina, if there's one thing you want to leave my listeners with today, maybe it's about rest. Maybe it's about caregiving. Maybe it's about restoration. Maybe it's about garden our heart. We talked about a lot. Maybe it's about handful and in, in quiet um, writing scripture, Jesus being our cornerstone, abiding, sitting still. What would you share with that lady today? I wrote this down. It says, what story has God used to restore you? What story in your own life is God using? Maybe it's a beautiful story. Maybe it's not. But somewhere in each of our lives, he is creating a story. He's weaving a story that's going to reflect his redemption and his restoration. So uh, I just pray for those of you who are listening, that somehow in your quiet handful of time with your lit candle, <laughs> yeah. you, will, you will pray about searching in your heart what story is God using to restore your heart towards him. Beautiful. I think that's a perfect place to end. Thank you so much, Vina, for coming on the podcast. Thank you. It's been great. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast today. I pray you were encouraged. And if you were, I want to connect you with our Friends of a Feather community. So something new I'm starting in 2021 is every month I will be hosting a Friday Zoom meetup for all Friends of a Feather podcast listeners to connect and talk about the episodes from the month. I'm really excited, and I would love for you to join in. You can go to my website at renrobbins.com, and on the homepage there, you can find out all the information. It's a free group, but it's a really great way for us to all share about the episodes, share some takeaways, and have community together. So I will see you in that Zoom room the last Friday of every month. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.